listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Time is exactly 8.32 on this beautiful, beautiful Thursday morning in Chicago. Today's high to be about 54 degrees, which is well above the norm. And so we'll take weather like this um, all the way through March and then get into spring. We have a tremendous second half of the program lined up. First of all, I'm Father Greg Sackwitz, along with uh, Mark Teresi. Joey Miller is a licensed clinical social worker at Wellsprings Health Associates in Chicago with over 20 years of experience in women's reproductive health and medicine. She provides support and expert guidance to women and their partners through the often complicated, challenging, and sometimes heart-wrenching pursuit of parenthood. Joey's practice includes loss and trauma, as well as women's mental health issues throughout the life cycle especially invested in education, advocacy, and empowerment. Joey partners with her patients, helping them work to regain a sense of control over their lives and find meaning and fulfillment, even following a life-changing tragedy or trauma. Joey has authored a brand new book entitled Rebirth, The Journey of Pregnancy After Loss. And folks, for those that are watching live stream, I'm holding the book up here. I've gone over parts of it. It is absolutely outstanding, a must-read the Journey of Pregnancy After Loss by Joey Miller. And I'm great friends with Joey and the family. Joey, welcome to the program. How are you this morning? Good morning, Father Greg and Mark. I'm Good so grateful morning. to be a guest. It's great to be with you. And uh, also, believe it or not, Joey is the mother of four beautiful children, triplets too, uh, including triplets, which I've baptized all four. You have four beautiful children, Joey. Joey, is it true that Greg baptized you, too? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he couldn't be that old. (laughs) (laughs) Greg also baptized Joey. No, not quite that bad. uh, But, Joey, you have been doing such magnificent work, and um, and just this is such an important area. How did you come about writing this book, Rebirth, The Journey of Pregnancy After Loss? You know, Greg, this was really a natural extension of the clinical work that I do in private practice and of the work that I did in inpatient hospital settings for years and years before joining a private practice. And I found that for women and for couples who experience the loss of a pregnancy or the death of a baby, it was devastating. It was life-changing. And I really found that my patients captured my attention and then my heart, and I really wanted and needed to tell their story. And so the book is a reflection of the last two decades of my work in this area, but I also include stories from the women and their partners themselves throughout the book. Now, I have to share this before Mark jumps to the question. This was something you wrote that I had no idea about. It goes like this. Over 6 million pregnancies 
are conceived annually in the U.S. alone, with approximately one-third resulting in a loss. And of those born, an estimated 22,000 infants die within their first year. I did not know that. That is a tremendous number of deaths and loss. And this is something that unfortunately is not discussed. And many of these patients suffer in silence because people are so uncomfortable with grief. As a society, you know, it's difficult for us to talk about these hard topics. And it's even more difficult when the loss occurs at the beginning, end of the life cycle. You know, pregnancies and babies are supposed to be associated with new life and beginnings, not endings. And so I find that society really struggles with how do we respond? How do we care for for women and families who go through this? And oftentimes they don't say anything simply because they don't know what to say. Well, the one thing that I picked up, in ter- I read an article about you and about the book. One of them, your messages to folks, because we've experienced through our family loss through miscarriage, is that you're not alone, that, that, that not only these numbers, but just you in terms of your, I call it your ministry as a social worker, is trying to get that message out, you're not alone uh, you don't need to suffer. We don't have a ritual in the church to honor that that potential life, uh, and that may be part of it. What, what, what are you seeing in terms of, you know, we're, we're supposed to be a society that's more open in terms of how we look at things. Have things changed in terms of people being able to discuss this issue? Are there support groups out there? Um, how does it work now in terms of if someone is listening they suffered a miscarriage, they feel that sadness, what do they do? Where do they go? That's a great question, Mark. And indeed, there are support groups out there, and there is individual therapy. And because of the current COVID pandemic, therapy is becoming more accessible to more people Mm -hmm. um, just because they're not having to bridge a geographic divide necessarily. And so people who might not have access to as many resources, who don't live in large urban areas like Chicago, for example, are able to access individual therapy remotely, you know, via a Zoom appointment or via a FaceTime appointment. But what you touched on in this idea of you know, a patient or a woman or a couple or a family not feeling alone is so critically important. You know, even as recently as the 1970s, many hospital practices, after a woman experienced the death of a baby, that the hospital staff would would take the baby away and not even allow the woman to see or hold or touch her baby, you know, believing that if she was allowed to interact with the deceased child, that that would somehow exacerbate her grief. And what we've learned over the decades is that that's actually not correct, Mm -hmm. that, you know, extending and allowing women the opportunity to see and hold and touch their babies and allow people to parent, um, even if it's only for a few hours or a few moments, can be very significant in the healing process. I think you really hit on something very important, um, Joey, and that is, that whole sense of grieving when there's a loss of an infant, it could be a miscarriage or giving birth. In fact, I'll, I'll never forget, I was a young priest at Church of the Holy Spirit. 
the doorbell rang at 6 o'clock in the morning. I was up, and I came flying down the stairs. A man is by the front door sobbing. I said, please come in, please come in. His name was Joe. And he said, my wife just gave birth to a child, full term, but the umbilical cord is wrapped around the neck, and the baby, our son, died. And he was just sobbing. And he said a line to me. He said, we have lost a son but created an angel. I've always remembered that, but it doesn't take away the the pain of it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we don't have ways of helping people grieve in that particular moment. And I think you said it best, Joey, when you said that, um, you know, we talk about a pregnancy to bring life, and all of a sudden it comes to an end. Yes, and this is something that as a society we expect, you know, being able to procreate, being able to bear a child. And when, you know, that that doesn't happen or when that doesn't occur straightforwardly, that again, that can be devastating for women and, and for families. And I, I really focus or I encourage people to focus on even the actual words that we use when we're talking about pregnancy. I'm expecting, mm-hmm. you know, yes, that I'm anticipating, uh, you know, a nine months, a happily ever after. And when the miracle of pregnancy transforms into the nightmare of loss, you know, for many families, they're, they experience shock and they are completely, you know, caught in an emotional freefall. And things that might have historically been comforting to them, whether it's extended family members, even their faith might not provide the comfort that they desire when their whole world, their lives have been shattered and changed from what they had been anticipating and what they see other families are able to do and create and with something that they weren't able to do successfully. I never thought about that before. When a couple says, you know, we are expecting, and all of a sudden that expectation ends in loss and tragedy, I'm going to have Mark Higgs to break, but I'm going to say this as a priest. Please know, when there is a death of a child, I've had people say to me, why did God punish me? Why did God punish us? Please, please. God does not will the death of that child. God wills life, not death. He wills joy, not sorrow or suffering. And so why does God sometimes write with the crooked contrary lines? We don't know, but it's not because of what you did in life that God's getting back to you. I deal with that often. So, Mark, take us to break. WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, 312-255-8408, Catholic Chicago. We're talking to Joy Miller. When we come back... Joy, I want to ask you a question about the importance of naming that child and also what can parishes do? These are strong faith communities and it seems like the silent issue in parishes. Maybe we could either talk about areas that you've been able to impact or maybe ideas that you have that we could implement in a parish to help move these folks along in this terrible, you know, suffering and journey. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Charity staff members work every day to end poverty and homelessness. 
We do this on a one-to-one -one basis with anyone who asks for help. We also work with organizations who study these issues across our city, state, and nation. The Wilson Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, or LEO, at the University of Notre Dame is one of these research centers. Through our partnership with LEO, Catholic Charities has gained valuable insights into scientific evaluation methods that determine the most effective interventions to help people avoid poverty and homelessness. Along with our experience and compassion, trusted research is helping Catholic Charities offer hope and so much more to anyone in need. For more information, visit catholiccharities.net. Do you have a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. We're back, WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, 312-255-8408, Catholic Chicago. We're with Joey Miller. We're talking about loss, the journey of pregnancy after a loss, um, rebirth, the journey of pregnancy after a loss. Uh, before the break, I had said possibly, if we could talk about um, the naming uh, of that child in loss. And let me tell you, because we experienced that in our family, and I understood um, that the name that they had chosen was mine, mine. Yeah. Uh, powerful. How important is that? I know personally how important it is, but what about that? And also, either family and parish, how can we be supportive, or how, how do we even broach the subject of healing with with our loved ones. Those are great points, Mark. And in my experience, I do think that naming can be incredibly significant, that in the face of grief or loss, how we find and make meaning becomes very critical for people to find some traction and begin to take some of their first steps beyond loss. So whether that's seeing or interacting with a deceased baby, whether that's naming the child, that we have to recognize that the depth of grief is not really a reflection of the length of gestation or, or time someone has spent with a baby. It's more reflective of the depth of the attachment. And for mm -hmm. many parents, they find themselves attached from the moment they first find out that they're pregnant. And so the, the roots of the attachment run very deep. And so as a parish, you know, as a society, I think recognizing the depth of the loss, which looks, you know, very different, it, you know, our, our reactions to grief and loss are highly individual. But being able to open up the conversation to say, I'm so sorry, mm 
Mm-hmm. I'm here. I care about you, and I'm more than willing to listen. Or if you don't want to talk, I can simply hold your hand. Mm-hmm. That it's ensuring, again, that these women and couples and families don't have to take some of these dark steps alone. And I think you really hit on an important thing, Joy, and that is I remember vividly, especially coming out of story of World War II, the vets coming back to this country, they never talked about it. Mm-hmm. They went on with their lives like nothing happened. Now, it changed somewhat a little bit in Vietnam and certainly in Afghanistan and other places where they have grieving processes and be able to talk about uh, uh, tr- uh, the post-traumatic syndrome. But really, with World War II, these guys came back, started their lives. They never talked about the atrocities of war, both in the Pacific and in Europe. I think you said something earlier, too, that we need ways to be able to talk out the grief and not pretend it didn't happen and to bury it. And the work that you do in your private practice with women, with men, with, with couples, what is the most commonly asked question of you when they first sit down? I find that most couples want to know why. Why did this happen? Why us? Why now? That we are rational beings. We look for answers. And when physicians or obstetric providers can't always provide women with reasons why something went horribly wrong, women tend to blame themselves and oftentimes feel extraordinary guilt on top of very raw grief, thinking, did I work too much? You know, did I stand on my feet too long? And we, we look for meaning. We look for reasons. And that's not always helpful for families. And some of my work is focused on grief. And some of my work helps families find ways to tolerate that they might have to live with questions that we might never have answers to. Mm-hmm. Now, you just we, we may have met at Mary of the Woods, but just talking to you today, you have a very compassionate way and also a compassionate voice. How do people connect with people like you to help them walk through this? Is there a way to connect with you? Is there, are there recommendations you have in terms of where people can go to find someone like you to walk this journey with them? Absolutely, that I am more than willing to be a resource or provide support. And people may contact me directly through my website at joeymillermsw.com. And even if I don't provide you know, therapy for that patient directly, I'm well-connected within the grief and loss community and can make recommendations for other therapists and or support groups, and also on my website, there are a lot of recommendations for books and materials for family members and and couples as well. Now, uh, Joey, again, give us your website again. It's www.joeymillermsw.com. And the thing is also, if you want to get a copy of your new book, Rebirth, The Journey of Pregnancy After Loss, how can they obtain a copy of this great new book? It's Which I'm available. holding up right. I'm holding up again right here on the. Uh, we're live streaming. You can see me smiling with the book next to my face. Move your hand away from oh. the top. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like this. The book is available on Amazon and at Barnes and Noble and most major booksellers. 
And who is who's the publisher in this book? The publisher is Hachette Go. I'm, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Don't ask me how to spell that. And, but again, <laughs> Rebirth, The Journey of Pregnancy After Loss by Joy Miller. Easy to find on Amazon. Go ahead, take a mark. How would you imagine, you know, some years back, dear friends of ours lost a child, and I think she was at Prentice Hospital, and they, I remember going and doing music for services that they had kind of regularly for people who had experienced the loss of a child. How would you imagine that we as a church could be helpful in ministering to these couples that have lost a child? Again, I think it's creating awareness and continuing the conversation that there are great sensitivities for bereaved parents throughout the calendar year, and it's not only on the anniversary of the date of a birth or the date of a death, that October has been nationally recognized as Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And more and more organizations are having a service or a recognition. And I also have found that things like Mother's Day can be very triggering for women who might not have a baby sitting on their lap in mass or next to them and don't feel that they don't fit in with women who have never had a baby And even something I'm finding with the anticipation of the Christmas holiday, you know, that that focuses on the birth of a baby, that it can be very emotionally triggering for women to focus on celebrating the birth of another baby. And so really working to help them, you know, find comfort and support through their grief so that they can access a sense of a community and even find their way back to their own faith at different points. Um, talking about the realities and, and also many of the challenges that aren't always visible to the lay community. And so I think, again, raising awareness and creating opportunity for women to be able to connect and to talk very openly about very difficult and complicated emotions. Beautiful. Well, we're going to take another break, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial, 312-255-8408, Catholic Chicago. Our producer, Michael Mason, skipped the break. Oh, good. Good. Then I will... <laughs> then keep I, going. Then I will just keep going. Could you talk? <laughs> See, I should pay attention to our producer. <laughs> no, that was uh, my, my, my mistake, uh, 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 but I'll blame you anyway. That's... <laughs> Oh, just like, just, <laughs> just like, like the at the cathedral. <laughs> um, what could you continue? I, I think holidays, particularly, you were starting to talk about where, where they feel people feel displaced. You know, there's another population too. I don't know if you talk to them, but and my wife and I went through this in terms of not being able to conceive. Now we have four children adopted. We have five grandchildren. We have a beautiful family that you know God has blessed us with but there's there's also a suffering a loss for couples that cannot conceive i mean yeah. do you work with those couples absolutely and i work with couples who do struggle with infertility mm-hmm. i work with couples who experience recurrent pregnancy loss so more than one loss And I work with couples who create their families through private adoption or other means. 
through fostering. And I always counsel families that it, this is more about the journey than the destination. And while, you know, there is grief and loss on this path for you know, the, the couples I work with, that they can work to create their families, even if that doesn't end up being a biological child, that those, child, that those children are loved no less. But there's more grief and loss involved there where a woman, where a couple might feel that they failed or their bodies have failed or they're somehow less of a parent. And from, from where I sit, I can see that they can and they will become parents, but there's a lot of work to help them take those steps into those roles when there's an extraordinary sense of vulnerability insecurity and and oftentimes grief it just it just reminded me as you were speaking about our little our oldest who's now 34 but when he was in grammar school um, they were talking about families and the teacher talked about pregnant and people and and he said to the teacher he said i'm adopted he said, I, he said, I'm adopted. God makes families a lot of different ways. He Amen. said that? Yes. Now, we just have another maybe a minute here. And on a personal note, Joey, in the work that I do, there's the highs and lows. I go from death to baptism to funerals to weddings, the high and low. But in the work that you do every day dealing with these individuals and couples, what gets you through the day yeah. when every hour you're hearing loss after loss how do you do it? I can sincerely tell you that I am more energized and excited by my work than ever, even after 20-plus years of working in this field, that even though all of the families I meet come to my door starting at the point of tragedy or loss, over 80% of them will go on to have a healthy, full-term baby. And so this story, many of these stories are about hope and about the struggle to find faith, that walking by faith is more difficult than walking by sight. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so it's helping partner with these families during a very vulnerable time, but being able to see them regain their identities and their sense of confidence and to be able to experience parenthood when at one point they thought they never could or, or would be able to do that. And so much of my message is carrying and sharing that hope and faith for the community of parents I work with. We need to bring it to a close real quick again. Joey, you've done an excellent job today to get a copy of your book. How do they do so? It's available on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or through other major booksellers. Rebirth, the journey of pregnancy after loss. And again, your website is? JoeyMillerMSW.com. I want to thank in a very special way, Joey, but an outstanding guest today. And thank you for this very important topic. Also, a special thank you to our co-host, Mark Teresi, producer, Vince Gerasoli, engineers, Michael May, Javi Garcia. Great job to all. God bless. Stay safe. Have a wonderful weekend. Charity's celebration of giving is under...